Hello, and welcome to the Logistics Podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie Cliff, Content Coordinator for SHG Logistics. Thanks for joining us. This is Let's Talk Logistics. This week, we will hear from Saab Sembi, CTO of Virtually Informed. Saab is a cybersecurity expert and will tell you why hackers are particularly focused on the supply chain as well as giving you practical advice for how to protect your logistics operations from cyber criminals. Supply chain is a target in many respects for a range of reasons. In the US, the feds have been warning about ransomware attacks ahead of Labor Day. Now, these are not just isolated. Three of the four I've presented are all within the last three to four weeks. And it's continuous in terms of the sorts of things that we're seeing at the moment. And the thing is, people often say, well, are they really after us or are they after you? Strangely enough, we can say, well, no, they're not. Or maybe, yes, they are. And definitely they are. It's a mixture of those things is that they're not specifically always targeting a single company. What they're targeting quite often nowadays as a result of what they realise in terms of how they generate revenues is they're going for a specific marketing niche in the same way marketing people might go for a market niche for their sales and marketing efforts and these ransomware and these attackers are taking the same sort of approach and the strange thing is they're not after an individual company often they're after any company within a certain space and supply chain and logistics is quite a good one for them the why is they're following the money in terms of following the money The key thing that they're trying to do is they are looking at any organization where if disrupted, the organization would actually experience high losses. Thus, because they can't afford it and they don't want to accept any types of losses and any type of disruption, those are the targets that they're going for, which is why it's a case of no, maybe yes, definitely, because they are really going for a particular market. A recent article, should SMEs be worried about supply chain hacks from this report informed the fact that last year in 2020, the global average cost of a data breach was around 3.86 million. That is pretty high. And then the average in the US, for example, was more like 8.64 billion. However, having said that, the average ransomware attack figure by Sophos is that the average cost of recovery from a ransomware attack is now close to 2 million. That's an average. The point I'm trying to make here is there are lots of numbers that are around and you can look at it optimistically, pessimistically, whichever way you want. The fact is we're not talking about a few thousand pounds here. We're talking multiple millions and we're talking multiple millions every time this happens. Really, they're often after personal data which falls into the data privacy regulations. Next thereafter, any personal user data, including images, videos, and things like that. And of course, there are information that can lead to compromising the organization further or any key individuals within that organization. And then after that, there are any information that can help estimate the sort of costs to an organization of the disruption. So there are things which help them look at the value of goods. Are those goods perishable? that are being transported or within the system or within the environment? You know, what are the contractual clauses of any delays within the system? Would there be any particular result in high costs that they attack the target 
that they weigh out as to what they want to be charging. And of course, they're after information that will embarrass the organization and its customers or partners, including contents of email, meetings, figure out what it is they want to be charging you to get your data released or to not disclose the data at all. Data protection legislation has helped attackers in some respects because of the fact that what they're beginning to do now is they'll get into an organization, find out everything, say, this is what we're going to charge you if we don't make your material disclosable to the public. Previously, they wouldn't exfiltrate the information out. Now, because they take it out, it means that most organizations, once they've been attacked, it's far more difficult for them to be able to ignore this because the chances are attackers are going to make this information public and therefore the victim is going to have to let the data protection body know that they've been attacked and that's the approach that they're taking and data protection legislation has helped the attackers to actually think of things in this way. It's not a joke. Elon Musk has played his role in this. Basically, every time he seems to say anything about Bitcoin, either it goes up or it goes down or it goes somewhere. To protect themselves, these attackers, what they're doing is that they are doubling their price or increasing it according to the value of Bitcoin of the day. And really, they don't want to lose out. So it's easier to make a demand of two million instead of leaving it to one million because you never know what Elon Musk is going to say next. That's going to impact the price of, of Bitcoin. Now attackers will start analysing the value of the disclosure to the victim. And that's very important. And that's what they're judging in terms of the price that they're going to charge apart from what the value of Bitcoin is. And it's most profitable victims are those that are set to lose the most from any sort of disruption at all. Those victims that are going to lose the most are those related to the supply chain and logistics. Going forward from today and where we've come from, really is in some respects about more refined targeted ransomware attacks. And what they're looking at is possible substitutes to tax which might be different from the current ones where they get a quick return on the attack because that's one of the things that ransomware allowed. And the reason why they're going to be starting to look at alternatives is in case ransomware defences improve over a period of time. In the same way some of the technology for defence has been improving over a period of time. So therefore the attacks change over the period of time. What they're probably doing in the future is looking for alternative attacks to the ransomware ones. Basically, because it's been profitable, they have attracted more attackers in the past. And equally, as there's a growth in whatever new approach there is, there will be a growth in attackers and higher ransomware due to the volatility of Bitcoin as mentioned. Attackers are focused not on the availability of data systems, but on the availability at the moment. Going forward, it will move from the data and the data systems purely or more so on devices, on the systems themselves, on the infrastructure, on printers, speakers, routers. It's on individual devices, whether it's, you know, robots, cars, trains, automobiles, whatever it might be. And really, many of these are going to be through wireless communication. Hi, I'm Rob Fisher from IMHX, and I'd like to share a little insight into next year's event and to invite you, the listeners of the Logistics Podcast, to get involved. The next IMHX will be staged at the NEC Birmingham, 6th to the 8th of September. And boy, are we looking forward to welcoming our exhibitors and visitors back 
after a three-year hiatus. It's been an incredibly transformational time for the logistics sector, and this will be reflected on the show floor. Our core theme next year will be sustainability. This is a powerful and emotive subject which encompasses the social, environmental and economic needs of businesses. From diversity and inclusion to eradicating waste. From starting on the net zero carbon journey to ensuring that the needs of today do not compromise the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. Sustainability will be at the heart of IMHX 2022. And this is where you can get involved. We'd love to hear how your business has embraced and risen to the sustainability challenge. What's happening here and now? What investments or strategies are being considered? How, as an industry, do we raise the sustainability bar? I want our sessions to focus on real-world case studies, and I call upon UK logisticians to share their experiences and debate the key sustainability issues at IMHX. So please do reach out to me by emailing rob.fisher at informer.com. Finally, I'd like to thank you for being part of our growing podcast community. And I'm looking forward to meeting you at IMHX in September 2022. In terms of securing, in terms of moving forward, the first one really is on the current basics. You know, you need to be covering things like your Bluetooth, your near-field communication, your Wi-Fi, other types of wireless, including peer-to-peer, direct Wi-Fi. There are a whole range of other bandwidths within that. 5G as well, because there are going to be so many devices that utilise 5G in many ways. Obviously, you do need to secure your guest networks and make sure it is your guests and not somebody else's guests that are connecting there. Your access points, your authentication servers, encryption servers, your access control servers, any of these entering into any part of the wide networks or the firewalls as well. And really, you need to restrict access to the guest network purely for guests. And what I mean by that and why I've kept it separate from the guest network is not your employees using it as a way of using the corporate network, because that effectively is data leakage. Also to enforce your access controls, encryption standards that you have, the authentication standards that you have, and also your security policy for BYOD. Also your other wireless IT, that includes printers, includes TVs, it includes a whole range of things which are wireless. It does include your wireless building technologies, including CCTVs, alarms, lifts, escalators, thermostats, air conditioning, and of course, any manufacturing technologies and OT you may have as well. So there's a lot there in terms of the basics. In terms of what you need to be looking at is you need to be looking at discovering what you have in terms of verifying compliance to your current policies and what changes you should consider perhaps in terms of your policies that you may not have. Visibility of your corporate guests and operational technology and wireless devices and networks and having full visibility of that and also full visibility of the non-networked wireless devices that includes the peer-to-peer. If you're not watching those, you should be watching those and discovering what you've got, how many you've got, where they are, which ones are turned on. In terms of visibility of anything unusual in your wireless activity, that's potential attacks, attack points, that's 
blocker signals, anything that shouldn't actually be there. If you haven't got visibility, how do you know what's there, what should be there, what shouldn't be there? Visibility of remote wireless attack surface. As I mentioned earlier on, and we, we do research our organization in terms of remote wireless attacks using access points that are owned by others and breaking into those and leveraging those to attack the target in the same way we've seen over the last few years how some of the cctv cameras which were easy to break into how networks botnets took over many of these and started to attack targets around the world this is the same sort of principle that we're talking about here it includes possibility of launching attacks from both the permanent and the predictable transitory high-risk devices. The final group of things that need to be looked at really is the control and protection of your network airspace. And what do we mean by that is it basically is to identify within your organization the current baseline of the events and the connections within the airspace that you have, which are or can be controlled to improve the airspace security. So that's within your organization, first of all, and then also look at verifying the existing wireless policies and standards that are being complied to and also looking and investigating evidence that you have of possible violations, whether it's internal, whether it's IT, whether it's OT, whether it's staff, whether it's guests, looking at all of that. Also trying to look at identifying control gaps within your area, enabling development of the corporate airspace and policy through discovering and identification and connection trends. And also, very importantly, to consider all other options for actions and protect the corporate airspace. And what we mean by that is basically what you've got within your airspace that you have within your building is not just part of your airspace. The airspace that you can probably access that can access your internal airspace is all the neighboring stuff that's around your organization. And it could be neighbors. It could be if you're in office block the tenants above, below, left, right, whatever it might be, and to consider those sorts of options in terms of protecting that your signal's going out and stopping signals coming in and appropriately. Thank you very much. Thank you to Saab for sharing his advice with us today. To learn more about how to combat the threat of cyber criminals and to access resources that will enable you to build a robust cybersecurity policy, you can visit virtuallyinformed.com. Here at the Logistics Podcast, we like to turn our listeners into readers and our readers into listeners. So please do sign up to the SHD newsletter by visiting shdlogistics.com. Thank you for listening to the Logistics Podcast. See you again soon.